Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Amen. If you would go to Revelation chapter number five with me this morning. Revelation chapter five. I'm glad you're here today. Good crowd here for our first service. And uh, we're continuing our study in the book of Revelation. And I hope that you've enjoyed this study so far. And uh, I've enjoyed just studying it. I've enjoyed preaching it. Today's going to be an incredible chapter here, chapter five of the book of Revelation. I'm excited about this. You know, as we come to chapter number five, we find something about this. Every uh, There's going to be a great, uh, a great um, worshiping of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb into heaven. Every knee is going to bow. Everybody's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of a, every nation, every tongue, and uh, every tribe here upon this earth. And uh, I was thinking this morning as I was walking up the uh, aisle here, how many different uh, nationalities that we have uh, here in our church, and all of us are worshiping the same Jesus Christ here this morning. So um, I, I want us to, I don't want to embarrass anybody, um, but I want us to just, I want us to see how many different nationalities that we have. Uh, so if you are um, uh, from a, another country, I want you to stand, and I just want us to see how many different nationalities there are in our church. I know there's several right here from Cameroon. We've got Vietnam right back here. So Stan, I want you to stand. We won't embarrass you, I promise you. Um, Lebanon? Lebanon? China? I didn't hear what he said. Yeah, just exactly what he just said. (laughs) Boogeyman Pasto. What did he say? Okay. Is that far from Cameroon? It's not very far. Okay. All right. Awesome. Right here. Peru. Belgium. Barbados. Right here. China. What do we have here? Say that one more time. Ukraine. Puerto Rico, how about in the very back? Venezuela. Venezuela, both of you from Venezuela. Am I missing anybody? I miss, oh, right here. Guatemala, I know um, the Sarvers, where's your foreign exchange student? She's, she's from Spain, she's normally here. Do we miss anybody? Oh, all the way in the back. Uh, say it one more time. Holland. That's just, that's not, that's just up the street here. Oh, that Holland, yes. Netherlands. Netherlands. Did I miss anybody? There's several there. That was great. That's more than I even expected, but uh, praise the Lord, all of these. I think Christian Ikeep, is he in here? He's from Peru. Uh, He was born in Peru. So isn't that exciting? We, uh, this is going to be representation of what heaven's going to be like when we get to heaven and we lift our voices up and we, 
we, uh, we sing to the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. And oh, what a wonderful, wonderful thing that's going to be. So thank you for being here today. And let's go to Revelation chapter number five. Revelation chapter five. We are going to come to a place where we're going to get a, a picture of heaven. This chapter five takes place in heaven. Right after the rapture of the church, chapter four is the rapture of the church. John is raptured up into heaven and John gets a view of heaven. Really, if we were to study this, uh, uh, the, 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 the break here in chapters, um, it really flows together. This is all what John is seeing as he's raptured into heaven. He's taking a look at what's happening in heaven. He sees this. And I saw the right hand of him that sat on the throne. A book written within one of the back, uh, went on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereupon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. We find John as he's in heaven, he's raptured into heaven and he sees those gathered around the throne. He sees the elders and the angels and the beasts gathered around the throne. We, we saw who those elders were. That represents all of us from Old Testament to New Testament saints, the 24 elders. And as John is there in heaven, there's something that takes place in heaven that, I, that is an emotional experience for John. And I want us to just think about that for a moment uh, John bitterly weeps because there's this book that is presented in heaven, but there's no one in heaven, no one upon earth, there's no one anywhere that uh, is able to open this book. And John is weeping for this fact that what's going to happen? They're in heaven, but what's going to happen there upon earth? You know, one of the things that... Um, they say all of us need, we all in life, we need someone to love. We need something to do and we need something to hope for. They say those three things, those three things are what causes a, a human being to be happy. Someone to love, something to do with their life and something to hope for. The, the problem is most of uh, human beings, they take those three things and they, they're looking for those three things in this world. And as they find those things in this world, they're going to be disappointed because nothing that you find in this world is going to last forever. But I want to declare today that, that you can find someone to love, you can find something to do or someone to serve and something to hope for, and you can find all of that, but you've got to look for it in the right place, and it's only found in one place. It's only found in Jesus Christ. He is the one that we should love. He's the one that we should serve. He is the one that we should hope for. John is coming to a place in heaven where it seems, it seems like there's no help. He's, he's weeping bitterly because there's no one there that, that uh, they call out, this angel calls out, who is worthy to, to open these seals? And, and no man can step forward. 
No king that was upon this earth could step forward. No mighty man could step forward. You think of men in the Old Testament like Abraham and David and Samson and, and all these uh, 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 great men of, of, uh, of the Old Testament, prophets of the Old Testament. None of those men, Isaiah, Jeremiah, none of those men could step forward and say, I'm worthy to open the seal. There was not a, a human being in heaven or on earth that was worthy to open these seals. The Bible says John just wept. But let's go on reading. The Bible goes on to say this. In one of the elders, John is weeping as he's looking at this experience. One of the elders said unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. He hath prevailed. He has won, the Bible says here, to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth in all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of their harps and golden vials full of odorous, when, uh, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, in every tongue, in every people, in nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests. And he's told this, and we shall reign on the earth. I want to preach today, Jesus is worthy. He is worthy. As I mentioned, as we began to study this book of Revelation, I, I want us to study and I want us to see Jesus Christ in every chapter of this book. This is the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ. We come to chapter number five and, and all the saints have been raptured into heaven and this event takes place in heaven. And that is this, this, this book is, is presented to, to all of the saints, to everyone there in heaven. And who's worthy to open this book? And not a, not a human being was er, uh, worthy to open this book, but then one stood in the midst and grabbed that book and, and pronounced himself worthy to open that book. And we see that one that was worthy to open that book in his name is Jesus Christ. He's presented to the, to the, to the saints there all in heaven as the lamb of God who was worthy to open this book. Jesus is the only one worthy of my life. He's the only one worthy of my love. He's the only one worthy of my all. And your purpose in life is only found in Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want to get right into this message today. And so I want you to write this down. I want you to see in these first five verses, we find something. And that is this, that Jesus Christ is worthy. He's worthy of our worship. Jesus Christ is the only one that is worthy. Now, God created this earth. When God created this earth, back in the beginning, Genesis chapter number one, God created this earth. And the Bible said that he gave dominion to, to Adam. He said to Adam to, to subdue the earth, to control the earth, to oversee all the earth. And, and Adam was, was king of the earth. 
He was in charge of every event. Matter of fact, it was the animals that, that uh, God created. He brought them to Adam, and Adam had the privilege of naming the animals that God created. God saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone, and so God makes a help meet for him, and he, and he, and he forms Eve, and, and he creates Eve, and, and Eve becomes that help meet, and, and now it's, it's Adam and Eve's job to, to have dominion over the earth. They're in charge of the earth. They're not the same as the animals. They're not the same as the plants. They're not the same as the sea monsters. They're different. They're different because it was, it was Adam that God breathed into him the breath of life. And man became a living soul. This is why it's so important for us to stand for life because human beings are the only thing that God breathed his life into. And he said to Adam, he didn't give dominion to, to, the, to the beast of the field. He didn't give dominion to any other creature. He gave dominion of this earth to Adam. But the day came that Satan came and he tempted Eve. <coughs> Eve sinned against God and Adam partook in that sin and mankind fell. They took that dominion that was given to them rightly by God, and they turned that dominion over to Satan. And from that point forward, Satan has dominion of the, of the earth. In, in Luke chapter 4, verse number 6, you would find a story where Satan was willing to give over to the, all the kingdoms of the earth to Jesus. Remember when Jesus was fasting and he brings him to a mountaintop and he looks over all the kingdoms of the earth and, and he says to Jesus, if you'll bow to me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. How could Satan give him all the kingdoms of the earth? The reason why is because they belong to Satan and they belong to him rightfully because man who was given it by God, man gave that over to Satan. Now, Satan has dominion. Satan has power. He has rule. God gave Adam dominion, but it was lost to Satan. And since the fall of mankind, every single human being that's born into this world since Adam and Eve, born from Adam and Eve, you, me, every single generation, the, the 8 billion people born on this earth and the, the billions of people born back to Adam and Eve, every one of us are born into this world with a sin nature. No one ever has to teach us how to sin. We learn it ourselves. We, it's, it becomes second nature to us. So God gave Adam the dominion and it was lost to Satan. And I need you to understand that story because that is the reason why chapter five is so important to us. Because as God, as that, as that uh, uh, angel cries out, that strong angel proclaims with a loud voice, verse number two, who is worthy to open this book, that, that book that he's holding up, what is that book? What is the book that he's holding that no man is worthy to open? That book is that title deed to the earth. It's the dominion that, that man lost to Satan. Now Jesus is in heaven in this book. This, this book is being held up. Who, who is worthy to, to buy back this title deed to the earth? Who's worthy to, to, to have dominion upon the earth? There's no man that's worthy. 
But Jesus Christ, the Lamb, steps forward and declares that he is worthy to to open this book. It's that title deed to the earth that Jesus Christ buys back with the blood. So Jesus bought back what Adam lost. If you were to go back, and I I don't have the time this morning or already getting late, but Leviticus chapter 25, verse number 25, in the Old Testament, there was a plan that God sent forth, one of the Levitical laws. And that would be this. If If you're poor or you give over your land to a to someone else, maybe you owe them money or you just can't afford something. And so you find yourself into debt and you give this land or give this property over to someone. There is someone that can come and buy that back. But there were certain stipulations on the one that has to buy it back. The stipulation, first stipulation would be is they have to be a, a, a kinsman. They have to be someone close to you, a family. Someone else can come and buy back what you lost, but it has to be a a close kinsman. It has to be someone that has resources that you don't have to be able to buy that back because it was rightfully yours, but now it's no longer yours because you gave it away. It now rightfully, legally belongs to the other person. But a a kinsman, someone close, can come over and on your behalf do what you can't do, and that is buy back what you lost that now someone else owns. And Jesus bought back what Adam lost. Our inheritance was lost by man, and it had to be redeemed by man. It had to be redeemed by a man. So Jesus Christ came in the form of man so he could buy back what Adam and Eve lost back in the garden. He could buy back dominion of this earth that was lost by sin. The Bible tells us this in verse number three, no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open this book, neither to look thereupon. No man in heaven, no man upon earth, as John is witnessing this unfold, no man was worthy to buy back what was lost to Satan. And that's why John begins to weep. Why? Because there's no hope on earth. Her earth is going to be lost. Yes, the saints are now in heaven. They've been raptured into heaven, but earth is lost. What God intended for man to have dominion over, man has lost it. And Satan now, it seems as John is witnessing this unfold and no one is worthy to open this seal, open this book. It seems like everything that man lost to Satan was now going to stay there upon earth. There was no hope for the earth. And so John begins to weep. You see, the tears that he weeps would be this. The the elders are in heaven. The representation of, of the saints are in heaven. All of us are there. We have been redeemed in heaven. But what about earth? What about what has been lost to Satan? You see, verse number four tells us this. He wept because no man was found worthy to open the book and to read the book, neither to look thereupon. See, every single human being were born into slavery. That's slavery to sin. 
all of us, every human being. The story of the Bible is the fact that you and I are born dead in trespasses and sin. We are born a slave to sin. This earth now has a sin-filled earth, and that's why there's disease, and that's why there's sickness, and that's why there's pain, and that's why there's death, and that's why there's grieving, and that's why there's, there's murder, and that's why there's crime, and that's why there's tears, and, and that's why there's cancer, and that's why there's sickness, because Satan has dominion over this earth. And when man fell, sin entered this world. But Jesus came as the second Adam to buy back what the first Adam has lost. Now stay with me, please. This is, this is important for us to understand what is happening in heaven. What is this book? What's taking place? What's taking place is the reality that there is no man, there is no religion, there is no man, there is no one good enough that could, that could reverse the effect of sin. There is no way that anyone anywhere is going to heaven apart from Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the only worthy lamb. When Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me, I know many see that as a narrow way. Many see that as, as a, an extreme way. Many would say that, that Christians are, are bigoted or Christians are narrow-minded because they believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. It's not Christians that say that. It's God himself that says that. Because there's only one that can redeem mankind back to God. There's only one that can purchase and buy back what man lost to, to, uh, to Satan. There's only one that can forgive sin, and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way. Because Jesus is the only worthy one to open this book. Look with me, if you would, please, in Revelation chapter 4. Just go back to Revelation chapter 4, verse number 10, the last couple of verses of Revelation 4. It reads right into what's happening in Revelation chapter 5. The four, and the, 20, the, the four and 20 elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Would you mark this down? Jesus is the only, Jesus only is worthy of worship. Jesus only is worthy of worship. And we find here in chapter number four, one of the reasons why he is only worthy of worship is the Bible tells us this because he's the creator. He created all things. All things were created by him. And when, when all the saints are in heaven, there's, there's a glory around the throne of God worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ because all glory and dominion and honor is due to him because he created all things. So why? is Jesus worthy? He's worthy because of creation. Secondly, look with me in verse number six in chapter number five. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and in the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain 
having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Jesus Christ was worthy to take that book. Jesus Christ was worthy. Why? Because the Bible says he was the lamb. He stood there as a lamb that was slain. He's worthy because of creation and he's worthy because of Calvary. He created all things and that makes him worthy. And Jesus Christ went to Calvary and he shed his blood as a lamb uh, to, to pay the sacrifice of all mankind. He is worthy because of Calvary. The slain lamb is now standing. Look again, if you would, in the same verse. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. He stood You know what that tells us? That that lamb is no longer dead. That lamb is no longer slain. Oh, we've preached often in in over these last several weeks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I preached it last week. There's something special about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's worthy because he's not dead. He's worthy because he's not in the grave. He did not just die and pay our sin debt. He rose again. He has the power over death. He's worthy because of the cross. He's worthy because of the resurrection. He's a slain lamb. He's now standing. Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 5, as John is weeping in heaven, as they're saying, there's no hope for earth. There's no hope. There's no hope. No great leader, no great man can go and open that seal. And at that very moment, someone says to John, why are you weeping? Don't you know who the lamb is? He's the redeeming lamb. He is the, he's the resurrected lamb and he is the reigning lamb. Look with me what he says here. I want to help us understand verse number six. The Bible says he stood, he, he stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth in all the earth. And this is where a lot of times we read this and we say, boy, this is why I stopped reading Revelation. What does this mean? And remember when we took an entire Sunday and we went about numbers and different things that we'll find. Seven is the perfect number. Seven is the perfect number. The Bible says here he had seven horns. Horns speak of power. He is the perfect power, meaning this, he is all-powerful. When Jesus Christ revealed himself in heaven, when John wept and said, there's no one to open the seals, there's no one to buy back uh, earth that was given over to Satan. Yes, we're in heaven, but it seems like Satan has still won. He still has control of the earth that was supposed to belong to all mankind. There's one that stood in heaven. And when John saw him standing in heaven, he said he saw him standing there with seven, seven horns speaking all power. When Jesus Christ stands in heaven, he's standing with all power. There's nothing on earth that has more power. There's nothing in heaven that has more power. There's nothing under the earth that has more power than Jesus Christ. He's worthy. So those seven, that seven is a perfect number. Horns speak of power. The seven eyes speak of wisdom. The eyes speak of wisdom. Seven is a perfect number. Eyes speak of wisdom, meaning this. When Jesus stood, he stands, he's all powerful, and he is all wisdom. There's no one wiser. 
There's not one that's more knowledgeable. All wisdom is in his hands. As he stood there, he said there had seven spirits upon the earth. Those seven is the perfect number. Those spirits show the fact that he's on all over the earth. He is, he is everywhere. He's omnipresent. Jesus Christ is all powerful. He is all wisdom and he is everywhere. You know, Satan, there's one thing that Satan wishes he had that he does not have. And that is this. Satan can be at one place in one time, but our Lord Jesus Christ can be everywhere all at the same time. He's all powerful. He's all wisdom. He's all knowing. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He is, he is everything. And John, as he stands before this throne, that one, the lamb comes and he takes this book. And as he sees him taking this book, he sees him as all powerful, all wisdom and all everywhere upon the earth. I want you to see in verse number five. He says this, and one of the elders saith unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. He's conquered. Jesus Christ is already won. Jesus Christ is the victor. Oh, that's important for us today. Why is, why did he put this in the word of God? Because, oh, Christian today, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But the lamb of God, when he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead, he became the victorious one. He is all knowing. He is all powerful. Though he is, everything is in his hands. He is the victor. Amen. He's already conquered. Jesus is worthy. Jesus has the right to open this book because of creation, because of Calvary, and because of his conquest. He has won. Oh, listen to me. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, if it was just religion, religion can't do what only Jesus Christ can do. Good works can't do what only Jesus Christ can do. No man can do what only Jesus Christ can do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. It doesn't matter how sincere a person you are. There's only one worthy, and that one is Jesus Christ. He's worthy. Would you write this down as well? He's worthy for all of eternity. He's forever one. Look what the Bible says in chapter five, verse number eight. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps, and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and every tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests. And look what he says, and we shall reign on the earth. Now, you say, wait a minute, I thought we were in heaven. God created mankind to reign and rule the earth. But mankind sinned. And when mankind sinned, he gave that dominion to Satan and sin entered the world. This earth is full of sin. 
And we're going to find here, we're going to find in the coming weeks that Jesus, because of the He's the redeeming one because he's the redeeming lamb. This world is going to be be completely destroyed, but God is going to create a new earth. And we will rule and reign with him. You see, God's plan for mankind, yes, is to redeem you and I, to bring us to heaven, to spend eternity with him, but it's also to put man back in his rightful place that God created him to do. It's to put man back to have dominion over what Satan was given. What man fell, man was, was given over to Satan, the, the, the dominion of the earth. And God, through Jesus Christ, bought back what, what man lost to Satan. And oh, one day, what we lost to Satan, we're going to get back because of the Lamb of God. No man can get this back. And this, the Bible says, is forever. And ever, look what he says in verse number 13 of the same chapter. And every creature which is, which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, and that's that, that, that they're, they're singing this new song, amen. And the four and 20 elders, that's you and I, we fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. Worthy is the lamb for all of eternity. Oh, he's the only one that is worthy for all of eternity. He's the only one that we're going to praise for all of eternity. He's the only one that is worthy. And this is not just for a period of time. This is for all of eternity. Jesus Christ is worthy. This is the eternal song of the ages. Some of us that don't like to sing, and maybe maybe you don't like it because you think you don't have a good voice, you better get used to it because there's a song that we're going to sing for all the ages, and that is this, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. The harps here, the harps here, they speak of worship expressed. There's going to be great singing in heaven. Listen, we talk a lot about heaven. When I get to heaven, I'm going to talk to uh, Jonah, and he's going to tell me all about what's going to happen there in the whale. When I get to, talk to, to get to heaven, I want to talk to uh, uh, Moses and see how he, what he thought when he parted the Red Sea. When I get to heaven, I want to talk uh, to Samson. When I get to heaven, I want to see the Apostle Paul. Oh, listen to me. When you get to heaven, the Apostle Paul, he's not going to be worth talking to, and David's not going to be worth talking to. Why? Because the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the worthy one is going to be sitting on his throne and all praise and all glory and honor belongs to Jesus Christ. He's worthy. This worship that expressed these, these bowls, these bowls of odor, the incense and prayers. You know, verse number eight, what an important verse. You know, this tells us that all the prayers of the saints. They're gathered in heaven. God hasn't forgotten any prayers. The prayers that you have made and you think that maybe God's forgotten. Maybe you think that God hasn't answered. God has not forgotten a single prayer. And we get to heaven, all the prayers that have ever been prayed 
are going to be gathered there around the throne. And that's going to be incense to the nostrils of an almighty God. God enjoys hearing your prayers. God wants to hear your prayers. There's something powerful about your prayers. Your prayers are sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of God. There's not a prayer that falls on deaf ears. Revelation 5, verse number 12. Look again with me what he says, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power in riches, in wisdom, in strength, in honor, in glory, in blessing. Worthy is the Lamb. Every place in this universe is going to hear the song, Worthy is the Lamb. You know, some, some will praise Him because He's their Savior. But everyone will see Him as Lord. Some, and I hope it's you. You'll be in heaven and you're praising him because he is the lamb that took away your sin and you're going to praise him as your savior. You're going to praise him as the sacrificed one. But oh, listen to me, whether you praise him as your savior or not, you will one day bow the knee. Your tongue will confess that he is Lord. So to every atheist I, that, will, that, that denies there's a God, I want you to know this. There's coming a day that every atheist will bow their knee and every atheist will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every vile dictator that lived upon this earth that thought that he was supreme, that he had authority, that he had the power over uh, life and death, he will stay, uh, kneel one day. He will kneel on his knees one day and out of his mouth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Oh, every king Every human being, every false teacher is going to kneel down one day. They might not proclaim him as Savior, but they will proclaim him as Lord. But our hope today is that you proclaim him as Savior. That you'll see him as John saw. Because there is one that is worthy you see what man lost to sin man can never get back except for by the worthy one and it's Jesus Christ there's coming a day that all sorrow all pain all cancer all death all tears are going to be wiped away why is that? Because there's a worthy one and his name is Jesus Christ. There's coming a day where Satan and all of sin and all of hell is going to be cast in the lake of fire and they will no longer have dominion upon this earth. They'll no longer have rule upon this earth. There'll be no more disease. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more need for a son. Why? Because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will reign and he will be the son forevermore. There's coming a day and as John looked out in heaven before the tribulation time, before, after the rapture of the church, for those brief moments of time, as John looks out, this view from heaven is one steps forward and proclaims himself as worthy and the lamb. Oh, my friend, Jesus Christ is worthy. What man is trying to do 
he can never do. Only Jesus can. This is why it was so important that God become a man. That's why the Bible calls him the second Adam. And this is why it's so important to understand that Jesus was not born of man's seed. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God. If he was born of man's seed, then he would have been born out of Abraham, or out of Adam. He would have been born into sin. But he was conceived of the Spirit of God, born of woman. He was a son of man. He was a son of God. And it was him and only him that could go to the cross and pay the sin debt that you and I owe because, because you and I need to be redeemed back to God. But oh, when he stepped out of that grave, when he rose again on that third day, he conquered death. He bought back what was given to Satan because of sin. He now has dominion. He now has power. And Satan is going to lose because Jesus Christ is the victor. In Revelation chapter 5 it helps us understand it unveils Jesus Christ as the victor, as the redeemed lamb, as the creator, as the, the, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. We see Jesus as only worthy. There's none other worthy. So as we say and we proclaim, like yesterday I stood at a funeral service and I know there were some there that did not like that message, but I stood there and I said, there is only one way to heaven and it is through Jesus Christ. And I know for some, they get upset with that statement. They think that statement is so narrow-minded, but it's not us that said it. It's God. It's God because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the second Adam to be born into this world, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, shed his blood, paid the sin debt that you and I owe, uh, 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 came out from that grave and won back, defeated Satan, won back what once belonged to Satan. He now has the victory over death. And he's worthy. He's worthy. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior today, I invite you to the worthy one. There's no church. There's no religion, there's no baptism, there's no gifts, there's no giving that can cause you to be worthy. Only receiving what Jesus Christ did for you, receiving it from that worthy one is what will give you everlasting life. My prayer for you today is if you don't know Jesus Christ, that you would come today to the Savior. Not just proclaim him as Lord, but understand he is your Savior. He died for you, and he and only he can redeem you back to God. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.